Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, it's 1140 The Bet. Adrian Hernandez here in Las Vegas. Although it is August 10th, please be aware the granddaddy of them all, the showcase of the immortals, WrestleMania will be at SoFi Stadium as WrestleMania 39 goes Hollywood. Tickets will be on the sale and available for purchase this Friday at 10 a.m. for all of us here on the West Coast. Go to Ticketmaster.com to purchase. And somebody who I know will play a prominent part on the two-day spectacular is joining us now. Drew McIntyre, the current number one contender for the undisputed Universal WWE Championship, joins us now. Drew, how you doing, man? Uh, absolutely marvelous. I can't believe we're talking about WrestleMania already. Having tickets going to be on sale already. I feel like we just had WrestleMania because we did. But nothing stops in WWE. We're 52 weeks a year. No reruns, no off-seasons. It all builds to WrestleMania. So the sooner we start talking about it, the better. No, 100%. But before we get to WrestleMania, uh, I do need to talk about Clash at the Castle. And, and pardon me as I kind of go on a little bit of a tangent uh, because future WWE Hall of Famer, in my opinion, Bad Bunny, he just started his his U.S. Stadium tour this week. Um, but before it kicked off here stateside, he actually performed in the, in his homeland in Puerto Rico for four straight nights. And then that fourth night, he actually paid all the local TV stations to air the concert instead of what they were supposed to air in prime time. And he paid for the commercials to make sure all the TV stations were good so that everyone in Puerto Rico was able to see the concert he set up watch parties throughout the island so that if you couldn't get inside the arena, you were still a part of the experience. And I'm Puerto Rican myself, and I had so much pride. It was the first time watching a music concert that I got emotional because this dude performed for his island for three and a half hours, which leads me to September 3rd on Peacock, Clash at the Castle, first pay-per-view in Europe since 2003, first major stadium event in 30 years. Can you honestly put into words what it's going to mean to you to come out to that crowd? No, I can't. Uh, <laughs> in the words, I'll be able to describe how I feel about a show that I didn't think was even possible um, since it's not been a stadium show since SummerSlam 1992. Um, it's something I actively pursued, talked about, harassed people backstage about, but was always giving excuses about logistics and time difference. And I would say, well, we just did a show in Australia. There's no bigger time difference. <laughs> but give me a better excuse than that. So to finally see it materialize and to know that it's um, selling so well, 70,000 plus people are going to be there on the night, to know how wild and crazy the UK fans are, where I started my career at 15 years old, 
know, training in England, wrestling in Wales a lot. Obviously, Scotland, where I'm from, is absolutely insane. It's the fighting for the titles unreal. And to know how I'm feeling, you just going to have to watch the event and look at my face when I first make my entrance because that's going to tell the whole picture and better than any word possibly could. No, 100%. It's, it's definitely going to be the most anticipated moment of the event. And can you kind of talk me through growing up being a fan back then and overseas? Because to me, it, it's a different level of dedication. I, it, it probably involves a lot of late night watching. There's no DVRs back then. There's no YouTube. You're exchanging tapes, trying to get whatever you can get a hold of. But growing up, like, how are you watching this content? Uh, with great difficulty. Um, I didn't have Sky Television until I was 11, until uh, we could really afford it, to be honest. Um, so prior to that, it was all um, exchanging videotapes with my friends, my uncle recording um, as much WWE and WCW as he could onto VHSs, and he would give my brother and I just multiple cassette tapes with multiple episodes that we would power through when we were a lot younger. And... Um, Blockbuster would always have a, a collection of wrestling and VHSs and I would harass the owners to get as much as they possibly could. And that's where I got my my wrestling fix until I eventually got, you know, Sky TV when I was 11 and that was me done every single week. I was watching uh, Raw, which used to air on a Friday and recording it. And I would watch it about 50 times throughout the week till the following um, episode of Raw and obviously SmackDown eventually started up. So I'd be watching both and recording both Raw and SmackDown and again, watching them and breaking them down in my childlike mind. Like, okay, this is what I want to do. What do I need to know? What are these guys doing that I need to learn to be in this industry? And then I started finally training at 15 years old um, and commuting 24 hours like a round trip just to the wrestling school because it was very far away from where I lived. But I really wanted to do it and there's nothing going to stop me. Yeah, Drew, you're one of us, man. Kids these days, they don't know how easy they got it with the network and now on Peacock. Shout out to oh. Blockbuster. That's amazing. Uh, and immediately when I got the uh, when I was asked if I wanted to talk to you, I said, yes, hell yes, please. But I also kind of wanted to, to ask you specifically, like your rise and becoming the champion, becoming the main eventer, of course, coincides with the pandemic and at the Performance Center and then at the Thunderdome. You know, that's a difficult, unique situation that hopefully, knock on wood, is ever going to happen again. But for you and, and and getting to that point that you've wanted, what did you learn about yourself as a performer and as a person having to go through that while reaching these heights that you always wanted to reach? Um, I'm glad to say that everything I told myself and told the company was correct, that I'd always said to them um, – while I was a bad guy, you know, the, the money in Drew McIntyre isn't in the big generic, hairy Scottish bad guy that talks about feasting on carcasses because nobody can relate to that except the one guy in Scotland who's big and hairy talking about feasting on carcasses and angry all the time, pointing at the screen going, I get that guy, I get that guy. No, so no one else gets this guy. The, the, you know, the, I've got to be the real Drew, that's what's relatable. I'm 6'5", I'm from Scotland. I'm 270 pounds, and um, a lot of people can relate to that, but they can relate to my story that I had to overcome so much professionally and personally, and that's where um, we've got to get to. Um, like, give me the question again, because I don't want to go too far off track, and I will get limited time here. I'm about to tell you my whole story. Oh, so no, just like, point. just I guess your main takeaway of the pandemic, of, of what you learned oh, about pandemic, yourself. Yeah, 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 I was about to give you the, 
the whole <laughs> the whole tale. And I don't. Let me I appreciate that, it, though, Drew. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> once we get a longer form interview, I'll I'll talk for two hours. But I want to get to the point here. Um, but yeah, I, I'd always said, um, you know, I've got to be that Drew, and then it did start working, and it went all the way to the point where I, I was getting the biggest reactions of my life um, in the arenas. Won the Royal Rumble, was going to fight Brock for the title at WrestleMania, and I told the office, give me the ball. I've, uh, no one's been through what I've been through. Um, in the industry, outside the ring, I've experienced everything there is to experience. A lot of people have only been within the WWE bubble, have not had to grow business outside the company like I have had yeah. to do. have not had yeah. to deal with the situations I've had to deal with. I am ready for anything you can possibly throw at me. Give me that ball. Give me that ball. And then I got my title match at WrestleMania, pandemic hit in front of nobody, and it was a case of, we've got no crowd. You can't ask the veterans, what should I do? Because well, we don't know. This has never happened before. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I, I did feel exactly the same. I was like, I told you, give, give me the ball, no matter what the situation is. Nobody could have predicted a worldwide pandemic, but I felt exactly the same. I was like, good, I'm glad the one, I'm the one that's got the ball. I'm going to set the example. It all rolls downhill from the top. And I'm going to show everybody there's no wrong answers. Let's start throwing things against the wall and see what sticks. And I'll be the one setting that example. And it's pretty cool to know that I've been saying that for so long. Such a unique situation happened. Such a horrible situation. It'll never happen again, let's say. Um, and I was uh, proven right to myself more than anything that it didn't phase me. And I said, no problem. We're pushing ahead. We're giving the world an escape. That's what we do in WWE. We innovate. We adapt. Drew McIntyre is going to set that example. No, I, I love it, and it's just it's just qualities of a leader. And I think, you know, getting the ball and being the champion and being the man, I don't think a lot of people take into consideration, you know, being a WWE wrestler is grueling enough. It's not just SmackDown. It's not just Raw. It's not the premium live events. It's the house shows. But it's also the community events, what you're doing now. I don't know how many interviews you got to do today. And it's promote, promote, promote. I think John Cena was super fantastic at it. The Miz, too, as well. But now I see you and Bianca Belair kind of carrying that torch and being a cornerstone of the company. Do you enjoy this aspect and the responsibilities that come with that outside of the ring? Yeah. It's not to enjoy, as I try to tell the other superstars all the time. You're talking about WWE promoting the brand, but you're also talking about yourself and promoting your brand. <laughs> like, yeah. As far as I'm concerned, you're not being very sensible as a business person if you're not taking advantage of every opportunity. And this is something I've asked for for years, but I guess I wasn't you know, a prominent enough position during my first run. I was like, always telling them, give me the no Cena schedule. I'm ready for it. I'm not going to say no. I will fight through you know, every situation. If I'm hurt, I don't care. If I can't go in the ring, give me media during that time. If I'm good to go in the ring, give me media in my extra time. I want to keep going, going, going. I want to promote this industry. I want to be one of the people that the company can look to when they need somebody to step up. And that's how I've always felt, like outside of WWE and inside of WWE. And finally, now that I'm in a position where they do look to me for, you know, filling in if they need, um, you know, a media spot filled or there's a charity organization that needs somebody to step in, you know, oh, we can ask Drew. Not only is he going to say yes, he's going to be very happy to do it. It's going to be a privilege to do it as far as he's concerned. Nice. And then speaking of promote, we'll do that right now before we get you out of here. Drew McIntyre joining us here on 1140 The Bet. WrestleMania 39 happening in L.A. at SoFi Stadium this upcoming year. Tickets go on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific time here on the West Coast. Go get your tickets at Ticketmaster.com. couple more questions before we let you go. Uh, Drew, from my side, from my perspective as a fan, I think it started with Monday Night Raw at Madison Square Garden. Uh, the easiest way to put it, it seems like there is a renewed energy 
As a fan, there is an excitement. There is a feeling of unexpectedness going into these shows and not knowing what's going to happen and who's going to show up. And it's just been a few weeks as Triple H is head of creative. How does the locker room feel and what's the vibe? Um, the vibe is very positive. Um, I've also lied if I'd say the vibe wasn't positive prior also. Um, I can't remember a time where everybody was just down the whole time. Um, you know, everybody knows that you just got to keep giving your all and hopefully, you know, that opportunity will come. You know, everybody can't be pushed and used at the same time, but I've always been of the belief since I returned to WWE to keep your head down, you give it all you've got, you keep improving and your weak areas and you're accountable to the person in the mirror. That opportunity will come and it's up to you to smash it. But recently, um, obviously there's been, you know, a lot more outside the box things going on, which has been very exciting for, um, you know, our watching audience, but also for a locker room as well. So I was like, oh, what's going to happen next? Is somebody going to come back that we, that we miss in the locker room? That'd be cool. But also it adds some, you know, buzz and excitement to the show, which is always good as well. And you've seen already you know, a few superstars return, which has got people talking, especially um, socially. And, uh, you know, we could use a little depth on our rosters. So it's only a good thing as far as I'm concerned, especially if people are talking. A hundred percent. And final two questions. Uh, we'll start it off here. Logan Paul, it seems like he's caught the bug. He's ready to take this uh, full on. What do you think of his performance at SummerSlam? Awesome. <laughs> what else to say? Yeah, he did a great job. Um, it seems like something that he does love. Um, or you wouldn't be performed at the level he performed at as he didn't have a passion for um, WWE and a passion for success and put such high standards on himself. He obviously put the work in. And he reaped the rewards by having a great match that the fans were invested in. The same as you mentioned by Bunny already. You know, he's somebody who I actually spoke to him quite a bunch. And uh, somebody who genuinely loves WWE. did not have to be there. wanted to be there. Um, and put attention on WWE that people didn't necessarily know who he was backstage. I mean, <laughs> a lot of people did, obviously. But some people like myself were like, oh, Who's this guy? Pretty big deal. No, you don't understand how big of a deal. Take one minute to do some research. Okay, I went away for five minutes, did some research, came back, went, oh my goodness, he's a huge deal. <laughs> it's amazing that he's willing to come here and put such hard work in and put his body on the line when he just does not have to because he loves it so much. So I love when somebody comes in that's willing to put forth that effort. Yeah, absolutely. He's the Puerto Rican Drake, Drew. And uh, before we get you out of here, since we are having you here to remind people once again, this Friday, tickets go on sale, WrestleMania 39, SoFi Stadium, 10 a.m. Pacific time at Ticketmaster.com. What is your favorite WrestleMania moment that doesn't involve you, Drew? No. What else is this not Let's go with WrestleMania. All right, I'm about to pick one. Just the way I'm thinking right now on this day, in this moment, at this time, with you asking this question, because they've probably answered 500 different ways in 500 different interviews. But at this exact moment, I would go with uh, Rock and Hogan just standing face to face at WrestleMania. It was just what this industry is all about emotion, passion, or WWE and universe. That's what makes. You know, WWE is so exciting, especially at like a WrestleMania, how loud and crazy they get. If you turn the volume off for Rock and Hogan, eh, ain't much of a match. But if you have that volume on, like listening to the fans, maybe not doing what the technical was supposed to do, but how invested they were and how they got lost in that match and how even though Rock was supposed to be the good guy, in their quotations, 
you know, they remembered all those years growing up watching Hogan. They all became Hulkamaniacs again. And the guys just went with it in the ring as two professionals. And it was such an amazing, amazing match. And so much emotion involved. And that's what this industry is all about. And, and I'm really glad you answered that because, Drew, in about three weeks, be prepared for that at Clash of the Castle. We cannot wait to see you main event going up against Roman Reigns for this title. We thank you for the time. Best of luck. And uh, we'll see you at WrestleMania at Hollywood. All right, Drew? You'll see me there, that's for sure. I just hope we do those little skits where WrestleMania goes Hollywood and I get to play Braveheart. Oh, you want to do Braveheart? You're calling it now? Yeah, although that's kind of stereotypical one. I've got this sword, I've got the kill. Maybe I should do something out of the box. Do, think on it, I like the do Men in Black. Let's see you in a suit with some glasses. Go Hollywood with it. All right, all right. Let's think on this. So I'll get <laughs> people on Twitter to pitch me some suggestions and we'll work on it. <laughs> Drew, thank you so much for the time, man. You're awesome. We'll talk to you soon, okay? There he is, Drew McIntyre joining us. Tickets for WrestleMania one more time go on sale this Saturday, this Friday, excuse me, 10 a.m. Pacific, WrestleMania 39 at SoFi Stadium. That's just a four-hour drive here from Vegas. Much love to Drew McIntyre. Of course, also Clash at the Castle, the pay-per-view going down on September 3rd, only available on Peacock. It's 1140 The Bet. It's 11.40 The Bet with Adrian Hernandez. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.